Hi, welcome to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist. My name is Tiet Helimetz, and I am a principal dancer at San Francisco Ballet. This podcast series of Meet the Artist interviews is your chance to get to know us, the dancers, musicians, designers, and choreographers at SF Ballet, as we discuss our lives, the process in a studio, performances on stage, and more. Join us for Meet the Artist interviews, live and in person, at the Opera House before Friday and Sunday performances. Or tune in, all season long to hear podcast recordings of San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist interviews. Enjoy. All right, is this on? Yes. Good evening, everybody. Um, Welcome to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist conversations. I'm Jenny Scholick. I am the Director of Education and Training here at San Francisco Ballet, and I am so thrilled to be here tonight with Rehearsal Director Katita Waldo. Can you hear me? All right. Let's start over then. Um, Welcome, everyone, to tonight's Meet the Artist conversation. I'm Jenny Scholick. I am the, the, not the Associate Director. I was the last time I did one of these things. I am the Director of Education and Training here at San Francisco Ballet, and I'm joined tonight by Rehearsal Director Katita Waldo. So I want to... I really want to thank everyone for coming out this evening. Um, This is the first in-person Meet the Artist talk we have done since March 6th, 2020. Yay. And, yay. And although, you know, of course, many things started to come back to normal last year, it feels really good to be bringing this program back. We will be here every Friday evening and Sunday matinee, one hour before the show. So if you have regular Friday night tickets, I hope to see you each week. Um, and please do tell your friends. We also have lots of other audience engagement uh, programs coming up in the next few weeks, uh, including a class called Exploring Next at 90, which will be happening over in the San Francisco Ballet Building towards the end of the month. I want to say it's on uh, the 30th. So you can find those programs at sfballet.org slash events. So this is open seating. Come on in, sit wherever you want. Um, We're going to chat for about 20 minutes, and then I will leave some time for audience questions at the end. So if you have questions, please save those for the end, and I will call on you. So as I said, tonight I'm here with Katita Waldo, and we have the opportunity to talk about Madcap, which is the final piece on tonight's program, one of the nine pieces created by um, created as part of Next at 90 by choreographer Danielle Rowe. But before we jump into that, I just, as I said, this is our first one back, and I just wonder if you can give us a little color on what it's been like getting back to normal slowly over the last couple of years since we were last here in 2020? Um, Well, I don't know how it's been for everybody else, but uh, for San Francisco Ballet, it's been a tremendous challenge um, that I think the company met brilliantly, uh, in large part with help from the school, especially last year with Nutcracker, when we first did Nutcracker after not having done it for a long time. And we would not have been able to survive without the brilliance of the students of the San Francisco Ballet School. So keep your eyes peeled for the students of the San Francisco Ballet School, because they're amazing. Um, 
It was, it was uh, definitely a challenge, um, but we had some super exciting projects that kept us all going. Um, we did a couple films that were tremendous. One of them was a Danny Rowe. It was, uh, both of the films were not your traditional, just document a ballet and show it. They were actually directed films. Um, one was the Danny Rowe uh, Wooden Dimes, which was kind of a 20s, uh, story that was really fun, and the other one was Miles's Color Forms, which you will see later in the season as a stage work as opposed to a film. Um, but I think all of us had a lot of projects that we worked on uh, with the support of the company and the support of the, the board and the San Francisco Ballet. So we we were kept very busy, even though it was a pandemic, which was wonderful, and. Um, it was just a different way of working, you know, taking class in your kitchen or teaching class from your kitchen. Um, you know, for me personally, I can't complain. My son was actually home for spring break when the shutdown happened. So we got to have him for seven months before he went back off to school. So that was great. So I, I can't complain. Um, but I'm very glad that we seem to be reaching the end of that particular period of time and that we have you all here again to watch our live performances because that's what we're all about. So. Wonderful. So as I mentioned uh, earlier, we are tonight at the opening night of the season. We have a new artistic director in Tamara Rojo. And you will be seeing three world premiere ballets, three of nine that are premiering over the next week. Um, we've got uh, Robert Garland's Hofner Symphony, Hofner Serenade, pardon me, uh, Jamar Roberts' Resurrection, and Danielle Rowe's Madcap. And Katita's been working really closely with Danny Rowe on that piece, so that's really where we're going to focus our conversation tonight. Some audiences got a little sneak pre sneak peek last night at the gala, but tell us a little bit about what we can expect from this ballet. I'm going to start with that, because it's very important, and I will take it off because I can't breathe, but um, the, the ballet is uh, set in the world of the circus. Uh, the primary character is Teet Helmets, and it was created for him. In, uh, with great respect. And um, it is, it's, an, it's an abstract piece, but it's very emotional. Um, you will see uh, funny, heartwarming, creepy, um, wonderful dancing, as always, because it's San Francisco Ballet, so that's what you're going to see. Uh, fascinating music. Uh, it's a unique original, very different piece than you will see in any of the other programs. Um, all of the ballets are fantastic, I'm, but of course I'm partial to the ones that I you know, have worked on. Um, Madcap is a wonderful performance piece. It's not a traditional ballet by any means, um, I don't want to give too much away, other than, which is very important and very prominent. Um, it's, 
I think it's an exquisite piece. Uh, it's, uh, it explores the inner life of a performer. And this particular case, Danny chose the circus. So it is the, the focus is a clown who has been doing what he does for a very long time. And um, the pull of wanting to please an audience and also the inner life of a performer where uh, sometimes uh, it can be when the lights are off, you can feel a little lost. So you, you, want to, you want to perform, you want to please the audience, you want to make them happy, you want to, to touch them. And it's, it's about all of the things that go into that passion and that drive. And the fact that it isn't something that you can do 24-7 and that there's another side to the life of a performer that, you know, involves not being on the stage and the things that led up to who you are and, and where you are and, and what you're doing. So there's no particular storyline, but it's more like a zeitgeist and more of, a, of a, uh, an impression of a world that uh, is very unique. So don't want to give too much away. <laughs> I think that was a wonderful sort of overview, a way in for our audience. So thank you for that. I'm wondering, this is, I believe, Danny's third piece for San Francisco Ballet. She started with a piece for the gala. She did Wooden Dimes and then Madcap. Had you worked with her on her previous pieces or was this your first time working together? I had the privilege of working with her on the piece that she did for the gala, which was created for Sophie Ann Sylvie and Aaron Robeson. And it was wonderful to watch her uh, create. She's an exquisite dancer herself. And to watch her movement is, is inspiration all its own. So it was a, a privilege to work with her on that. And even that was just a gallop piece, so it wasn't very long. But to, to see her incredible create, her creativity and her imagination and her vision with this ballet, which is... Um, as I said, it's a, it's a very unique and original work. And it was um, just tremendous to get the opportunity to watch her work. So for audience members who maybe aren't as familiar with the ballet world, we've said that you're a rehearsal director. We've said that you've been working with Danny on this piece. What does that mean? What does that look like in terms of what you're doing? So um, I... the title rehearsal director kind of explains what I do. I run rehearsals. So when a new work is being created, a choreographer comes in and I'm there to learn the ballet along with the dancers. Um, the difference is that where the dancers have their role, their parts that they learn, I'm supposed to learn all of it and everybody's part and all of the spacing and all of the everything. So a um, bit of a challenge. Uh, but that's, that's my job. And then when the, the choreographer comes and creates the work and then they go away, then it becomes my responsibility. So I have to make sure that the ballet is rehearsed. If there are people that need to learn it, 
that I teach it to them. So I have to know the work enough that I can teach the people that have to learn it if I need to bring somebody new. Um, oftentimes, especially with new works, um, I have to sometimes uh, clean things because there's little time in the creative process uh, because of our schedule. So I just have to make sure that I help the dancers to do what they need to do to the best of their ability and to um, respect the choreographer's vision and tr try to bring it to the stage. So that is my responsibility and my job. When you were a dancer, did you know that this was what you wanted to do when your dancing career ended? No. <laughs> no, I didn't. I, um, I actually, at, at one point, once I realized I wasn't getting any younger and this is not a career that you can do forever, that I, I had to think about another direction. And at one point, I'd actually thought of working in the school. And then I got the opportunity to be a rehearsal assistant to Christopher Wheldon when he went to... Well, is that how that happened? Oh, my goodness. I'm trying. I'm blanking now. Anyway, what the turning point for me was that I got the opportunity to go with Christopher Wheldon to Russia, to Moscow. He was creating a, a new work. It was the first time that they'd done a new work, and I was his assistant. And um, I realized that I loved working in that capacity, teaching new ballets. Um, it's, I, I just loved it. And that's when I thought, oh, you know, I think maybe this would be really fun. And it, I, I love it, I, especially working with this company. The dancers in this company are extraordinary, not just as talents, but as people. And um, the collaboration, the support, the, the unending seeking of, of improvement and perfection, it's, it's just been a thrill. And I was recently asked if I could retire and not do this anymore. Um, would I? Like if I had all the money in the world, would not be nice. Uh, would I? Would I? And I thought... I don't know, actually, because I love working with these dancers so much, and I love some of the challenges of this job. Not all of them, but some of them. So that's me. It's a very lucky person who loves every single moment of their job. <laughs> so you're talking about working with the dancers, and one of the things that I've noticed about Danny's work is that she tends to work with these dancers who have such a force of personality, who are such clear, specific artists, and then the, the work seems to be shaped around those people in some way. And I'm wondering what that's like in the room as you're watching it. How does she interact with the dancers? How does she pull that specificity out of them? Um, she's amazing. Danny is amazing. She is generous. She's kind. She's funny. She's personable. So immediately, the minute she walks in the room, she puts everyone at ease. 
Um, she's extremely collaborative. Some of the things, well, a lot of the things that you'll see tonight were definitely experiments between Danny and the dancers to see what would work. Uh, I've, again, I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to give it away, but there were certain sections where she would say, okay, you know, four of you go over here, let's split you up into groups, and um, you come up with a certain thing for a certain thing that I'm not going to... Sounds very vague, I know. But um, then she'd come into the room and the dancers would show her what they'd come up with. And sometimes that can be um, difficult for the dancers because they... You know, it's like, well, you're making me do your work. But in this case, it wasn't like that at all. It was this joyous, oh, I have a challenge to come up with this really interesting thing because of this particular specific thing I have to do. I wish I could tell you more, but I can't. But, uh, but she, is, she just brings out the best in everyone she works with. She's a joy, and um, it, was, it was just... A pleasure from beginning to end. So it's great. So I'm going to ask one or two more questions, and then I'm going to open it up to the audience. So if you have questions, you can just raise your hand, and I will call on you. But this is your moment to start thinking about your questions that you might have. So we're starting the season with a festival. The last festival we did was Unbound. It happened at the end of the season. How is it different? How is it different to start with this than kind of a normal average season? Um, I'm not going to lie. It's been really hard. Um, it's been a super, a super challenge for everybody. Um, there's been very little time, and that's always the hardest thing for us is that there's very little time. So we finished Nutcracker, and then we had, I think the dancers had maybe nine days off. About a week, a little yeah, over a week. something yeah. like that. And then we came back on... January 4? Yeah, 4 or 5. And we had nine ballets to rehearse and put together and get ready for the stage, plus a gala. So it was, um, it's, it's been a challenge. But uh, the, the way we usually work is the, uh, we do our new works. All our new works are done in the fall, and then they get put away. And then we have to put them back together right before we hit the stage, which is the situation that we've been in here. And so, um, but so far, it's just been, it's been, it's worked out so far really well. So, but it's been hard. It's been hard. People have seemed less stressed than I expected. I have to say that. I'm not saying you're not stressed, but I've come backstage and I've said, how's everyone doing? And they've mostly gone, okay. Which, you know, could be worse. Good. Good. <laughs> So for those of you who have joined us as we've been here, um, I'm Jenny Schulich, and I'm here with Katita Waldo, one of our rehearsal directors, and we've been talking about Madcap, which will premiere tonight. But I do want to take this opportunity to open up the floor to questions from the audience. You can feel free to raise your hand. I will try to see you and call on you. I'm going to ask that you speak up quite loudly, and then I will repeat the question back for folks um, to hear it. Yes, right here. Great, it's a great question. So the question is about, as a rehearsal director, Katita must see the different ways that dancers learn and process choreography. And how does she see that? And what are those different ways? And how does she work with them in that? So that's an, a, a wonderful question. Um, it's, it's, we have 
incredible artists in this company, but everybody does have their own approach and their own uh, way of learning. And you have dancers that um, don't need to count anything and they just hear the music and they're fine. And then you have other dancers that really need counts. And then you have um, dancers who uh, learn choreography quickly and dancers that learn it not quite as quickly. Um, so it is a challenge as a rehearsal director to try and figure out all of the, a language that speaks to everyone to the best of my ability. So it's, um, it's really fun. It's really fun because all of the dancers are enthusiastic and avid and passionate and um, it's, it's really fun to see what works uh, sometimes in, in a group, there's one approach that works, and then with another group, you have to use different kind of approaches because of their different um, ways of interpreting choreography. So it's, it's very interesting. I'm sorry. Were you a quick study as a dancer? Um, I think I was. I think it probably I usually... helps in the job now. Yeah. I, I, I think I, I'm not as quick as some other people, but I do pick choreography up pretty quickly. So that was always very helpful. Yes, right there. Great question. So the question is, if this ballet, you know, it premieres now, and then let's say it gets put on the shelf for a couple of years, and it's going to be brought back for the 2025 repertory season, is it now Katita's job to put it all together and be in charge of that process? So that is a great question. It does vary per ballet. With new works, then yes. Um, I think uh, Danny lives here because she's married to Luke Ingham and they have a family, so it would be very easy for her to come in and, and help, but a lot of our choreographers are not local. So if with new works, um, yes, it would be my responsibility or the rehearsal director's responsibility to set it in their absence. Um, with works that we've done before, uh, like Balanchine or any of those other pieces, they have people that come and reset it every time. And uh, sometimes on occasion, I remember, I think we did Four Temperaments. And we'd done it many times. I was rehearsal director for that one. And the man who was supposed to come and set it wasn't able to come until the end of the rehearsal process. So it was my responsibility to set it uh, in their stead. So it's very important that the rehearsal directors learn the material, all of the material, to the best of our ability. So, yeah. Yes, right here. So the question is about how dancers are selected for different ballets, and it's a little bit different with the festivals. Maybe you can speak about that a bit, but how those decisions are made and what happens as kind of casts alter, shift, change over the course of a season or time. So casting is one of the hardest things uh, to do because you have so many dancers and so many tremendous, tremendous dancers to pick from and it's sometimes hard to make a decision. It does depend on the ballet and what the situation is. With the festival, because we had nine choreographers and only a certain amount of time to create the works, each choreographer was given three weeks. And the only way to make it work was that um, the company was split into three groups and it had a certain a set amount of principals, set amount of, of core, set amount of soloists in each group. 
and then they were assigned specific choreographers. So I believe that each group had three ballets, I think. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Um, but that's unusual. Usually, if a choreographer comes in, they come in, they watch company class, or they've seen the company perform, and they will come in and look at us and see the dancers, and they will select. They have the opportunity to choose who they want to work with. And they usually, if they don't know the company that well, they'll have somebody in the room with them, rehearsal director, direct, artistic director, to kind of, you know, point people out, or, or if they have questions, you know, who's the person in red, that so-and-so, you know. And so uh, usually they have the license, whoever's coming in to set a ballet or create a ballet to choose the people that they want. The festival is different. The festival was definitely, these are the dancers you have and that's what you get, so. Great. I think we have time for one more question, if somebody. Yes, right back there. Mm -hmm. Yes, you in the sweater. Oh, was the, I believe the question was, are, you the, are there multiple rehearsal directors or are you the only one? Oh, no, no, no. They, we have, I think, six of us. Six, five or so. Oh, my gosh. Joanna Berman, Tina LeBlanc, Felipe Diaz, Ricardo Bustamante, me, Anita Pachotti. So six rehearsal directors. All very necessary. <laughs> yes. yes. And I will take your question right here. You had your hand up and I... So the question is about um, how Katita mentioned that the dancers were asked to create material in the process of Madcap, and they were like happy to do it. It didn't feel like work in, in the way it can, and, and why was that? What was different about the process? It was Danny. I mean, it was all Danny, because it was, it was really all of us together creating this piece with her vision, and it was, it was, she was just so generous in her... Uh, appreciation of any input. So it was very much a, hey, uh, you know, anything that you guys can think of that, that, like if I suggest something that is silly, you know, and you have a better idea, yeah, let me know. So it was, it was very much a, uh, a joyous collaboration, is what I would say. Thank you. So with that, we're going to have to wrap up. Uh, the musicians need to come out and warm up, and the dancers are getting ready. So I want to thank Katita for taking the time today, and I want to thank all of you for joining us early for this first Meet the Artist conversation back. We are so thrilled to have you. We will be here every Friday of the season, and we really hope to see you again. Thank you so much for your support of San Francisco Ballet. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more about SF Ballet or to attend in-person Meet the Artist interviews and performances, visit sfballet.org. See you at the ballet.